Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. in time to a hundred years from now this is Yui talking Huey to me the comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things Huey Lewis in the news this is good heart of rock and roll music uh music rather uh music welcome to the show uh first episode yeah, it's it's the uh, maiden voyage. As <laughs> Let's uh, christen this with a little bit of champagne, a little bubbly on the hearth. But seriously, uh, let's get hearth. Let's get wasted. Let's get wasted. And fuck <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the show. Uh, very exciting show coming up. Uh, this, of course, is the podcast uh, devoted entirely to the uh, discography and life of uh, both Huey Lewis and his band, The News. He. He. Uh, coming up on the show, we have uh, a couple of uh, very special guests of note uh, who will be talking about Huey Lewis and the music of Huey Lewis. Uh, we have a gentleman named Huey Lewis. And we have uh, a, a, a gentleman, uh, his number one fan, uh, a, a guy by the name of Jimmy Kimmel. They will both be on the show uh, coming up a little bit later talking uh, all, about all things Huey Lewis. That's uh, pretty exciting. A good get for the first episode of this show, I would say. I'm, I'm going to say that... I don't know what else we can do. Like, what where the this fuck show else do you want from, from us? Like, if this isn't good enough for you... What, who can we talk to? Right. The president of the United States? No, thanks. <laughs> no, thank you. Both sides. Both sides. Got to keep it keep On it Huey Lewis and the news. Both sides. <laughs> um... I want to. Uh, there are it, there are really lovely people on both sides. On both sides of Huey Lewis and yeah. the news. Uh, I want to introduce myself. Uh, I am one of your hosts for the show today. I am. Uh, let's see. What would? Well, why don't I introduce you and you can introduce me? Oh, How's okay. That All right. Uh, I'll introduce this guy across from me. He is. Uh, He's been on such uh, wonderful shows as Parks and Recreation, The Good Place. Uh, can't think of anything else other than that. And then he's been in movies like Step I did Brothers. A, I did a, an episode of NYPD Blue. You did really? Yeah. Did, and you, did you show your little butt? I did. Yeah, I was a. Uh, I showed my butt on NYPD Blue. Were you the first actor to turn 
towards the camera and show your dick? I was actually, I was actually Dennis Franz's butt double for that show. <laughs> and then they were like, they should we'll, call it we'll a throw butt, you a line or two. They that. should call it a butt quadruple because there's two cheeks. Two cheeks. <laughs> a, a, a two cheeks uh, just right next to each other. They, uh, that's the good thing about butts. Yeah. Is if those cheeks were separated, no. like in totally two different, totally different places, that would be very uncomfortable. That's why I've always said butts are ultra convenient because the cheeks are right next they're to right each other. They're right next to each other. If, you, if you're looking for cheeks, they're going to be right there. It's like, uh, oh, this is such a nice, I love squeezing this cheek. <laughs> I wish there was another one. Guess what? It's right there. Right there. Do you remember your line from NYPD Blue? NYPD, why do you say it? Is that just how you say NYPD? NYPD Blue? Um, it's actually it's NYPD. NYPD. PD, right? No. Wasn't the main character's name PD? David Jimmy Caruso? Smith's character was named PD. PD, yeah. So they changed, it used to be NYPD Blue. And then when Jimmy Smith joined, he joined they it. called it NYPD NY Blue. Blue. And his last name was Blue. <laughs> so, so New York. New York. PD Blue. PD Blue. Amazing. Wow, the, the TV trivia yeah, that you learn on this show. I mean, uh, yes, we're about Huey Lewis and the news, obviously, but mainly this is a TV trivia show, right? One hundred percent. That's why I think it's time for an episode of TV TV trivia time. <laughs> <laughs> is this an episode? I think it is. Here yeah. we go. Hey, welcome to TV Trivia Time. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And we're just talking about TV trivia and hoping to stump each other. That's what we do on this okay, show. you go first. Okay. You got to ask me the question. No, no, no. You're, oh, you want you're me to ask the question me. first? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you didn't put it like that. Well, what did you think I meant? You, you, you go first, meaning I compete first, meaning I guess the, okay, the answer I'll, to the question. I'll ask the question first. Yeah. I don't care. All right, what do you got? Here we go. In 1986, mm. what show was Kirk Cameron on called Growing Pains? Okay. I know this one because in 1986, I was, I was in high school and I was watching television school, every night after high school okay got the um, school. i would 1986 i was taking i was probably taking biology biology okay class um class, so i was biology, dis class, dissecting so. a frog dissecting usually during the day and so i would need a little downtime after yeah, that so i would come home and i would turn on the tv television and i i remember i would always turn it on abc always cuz i was like yeah. Always be, be. cantaloping. Cameron. Always be Cameron, Cameron, Cameron for Kirk Cameron. Kirk Cameron. So when he, when because I was always be Cameron, Cameron. when he Kirk Cameron actually Cameron. had a show in there, I was Show-ing like, you. this is amazing. amazing. So I turned it on, and I remember that I remember. I remember the theme song was theme something song. like. Growing pains, growing pains, growing pains, growing pains. All your pains grow so painful, so painful, so painful, so painful to have growing pains. So I, I'm gonna say, 
family matters. Let me check here. Um, what are you? What well, are you I was taking notes during your. Why were you taking notes? Because I wanted to. If you if you were stumped, I wanted to go through what you said and oh, see if you any had clues. said it in, right. at any point. Um, and then the last thing I wrote here was family matters, which was your answer. That was my answer. Yeah, that's correct. And I'm gonna. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. Okay, you, it's time for you to stump me. Okay. Um, in 1984, okay, there was a television show set in the town in Florida named Miami. Okay. That focused on the police department, especially with the squad that investigated crimes of vice. Crimes of vice. Miami? Miami is the town. I haven't asked the question yet. Okay. Did you ever see it? Well, I don't know which, which I need more clues because I don't know if I've seen. Did you ever see it? I don't know. I don't know which show you're talking about. Is... My is is Miami Vice. Oh, did you ever see it? Yeah, this is good, right? Yeah. All right, that's TV trivia time. Bye. Good app. That was a great app. And wow, both both of those trivia questions. Um, like if I were doing a trivia night at a bar or something, a pub, perhaps a pub, pub, like during a pub crawl. I don't know that you'd interrupt your pub crawl to do a trivia trivia night. (laughs) Isn't that what you do on a pub crawl? (laughs) You stop for like two and a half hours. hours A little bit of an odd pub crawl schedule. Okay. If I was just doing a pub stand, standing in place. Okay. All right. That that makes more sense. Those were questions. Those are the types of questions. They would be so much fun that you would get. Um, let me introduce you. He is, of course, uh, Adam Scott. Ah, hi, guys. Hi, everybody. Hey, hey, over there. Hi. Anyone you want to say hello to? Hey. Uh, sure. I'd like to say hello to my family. Mm. I'd like to say hello to my friends. I'd like to say hello to my fans. But especially today, Scott, I would like to say hello to Thank you so much. No problem. Especially on today. Well, I think it's because we're taping this on a very, very special day. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is uh, a saint by the little name of Valentine oh. that we honor every year around about this, this time. And uh, He's a mischievous he's a little, little guy. It is weird. To me, we're recording this on Valentine's Day. It's weird that Cupid is the mascot of Valentine's Day. It's like if I were Valentine, I would be like, hey, I'm right here. WTF. It's me. Lock those fucking gates. <laughs> what the hell? Like he must be really livid. PO'd. He's livid up there yeah. in hell. Yeah. Up because hell is up. Hell's up. Yep. Yeah. And down. 
is Middle Earth. Middle Earth. That's Frodo right. and the boys. Oh, those guys. <laughs> Speaking of mischief. Yeah. Boy, huh. those rings. Yeah. And that fellowship. I uh, mean, a lot of people like those movies for the rings. I was in for the fellowship. Oh, I'm, I'm always in for Frodo the fellowship. Frodo and Sam just shooting the shit as they traveled cross country to drop a ring in a thing. I I, I came for the shooting the shit. Yep. I stayed for the fellowship. Yeah. Um, go ahead and introduce me. Scott Ackerman is here, everybody. Thank you. Hello. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So thank it's you, been you. a minute, as they say. Yeah, we have not been in the studs together for uh, for a little bit of time. We The last time we were in was to, uh, we talked to Michael Stipe and uh, Mike Miller from uh, the band Harium. But when was the last time we were studing it up just uh, for a regular EP? That was it, that was it. Yeah, that was it. Oh, right, because we did the wraparound thing <laughs> right. for that. Okay. Right. We did the reach-around thing as well, but of that was off mic. When was that? October, eh? Uh, I really don't know. Yeah, it was probably October because, uh, or maybe September, I October. can't remember. <laughs> Seps. It was around when the Ferns movie came. Oh, yeah, it was October. Yeah, because the Ferns movie was already out. That's right. Um, so we have not been in the studio for a bit, and we have not done this particular program. At, well, we did a mini-up in one of our... Previous episode. Did we really? Of a, this. Yes. Lewis one? Yes, okay. we did a Yui talking Yui to me in a previous episode. Is that what its title was? Yes. Because I think we knew we were going to do this episode, but huh. this was several years ago. That's how long it's taken us to do this episode. Uh, maybe, we're going to have a 10th anniversary. Are we really? These days. Well, when did we start doing the show? I'd like to get a little info I'm on gonna that. I'm going to guess we could. 2011. We, damn, we might be coming up. No, or it couldn't be 2012. 2012, 2013. I'm going to guess 2112 because Neil Peart just passed away. Whoa. There's that a, was a weird one. That was a tough one. I I've never thought been he would never die. person, but yeah. it was like, why Why him? Yeah. Uh, Zach has a, a funny joke that I think he's done in a couple of Ferns interviews and we've cut it out of each one, but he's like, you know who's better than Neil Peart? Neil Peart Plus. <laughs> 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 but we've always cut it out. We oh I have a text from young Kevin here February well I wonder if it was Valentine's Day then Ooh. of 2014 oh wow I was so 15 16 17 18 19 20 six years at this point we've okay. been doing this show right. that's better because I've, times have been flying by yeah but a lot of uh, road under our belts under our tires yeah, a lot, a lot you of, know six years is nothing a lot to sneeze of blood at under the bridge <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I guess it is something to sneeze at. Yeah. Um, but this is the first time we've done this show that is focusing on the music and life and I guess times oh. of hey, 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 hey. Um let's uh let's talk about it. Why why did we want to do this show? We uh we've been wanting to do it for a while. We've talked about Huey Lewis quite a bit on our previous uh, episodes of uh, You Talking You Two to Me and probably Are You Talking REM Remy. I feel like um I feel like at a certain point we were talking and it just came up because I think the thirtieth anniversary of sports was what would have been twenty thirteen. Yeah, before we ever did this show. So but what's your fucking point? <laughs> at some point I stumbled across it and listened to sports a few years back. 
and was taken aback of just how incredible it was. How did how, you stumble across it? Like you tripped and yeah. like your dumb nose hit the That's CD right. player, the play on the CD no, player. There was, a, there was a copy of sports on the ground and I stumbled on it. <laughs> And I was like, what? what's this? <laughs> but that's, I feel like that, we just started talking about it. And we started, <laughs> good story. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Um, yeah. What, uh, uh, what, when's the first time you heard of Huey Lewis and the news? Huey Lewis or the news? I can understand that's probably two different times. So uh, uh, let's start with Huey Lewis, and then we'll go to the news. It must have been uh, I Want a New Drug. I feel like that was the the big song that really introduced him to everyone. Let's right? hear a little bit of it. I Want a New Drug. Was Harder Rock and Roll the first single? And this was I think it was, yeah. But who knows? We wouldn't know. What are we, experts? Oh, wait, this is the comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things Huey Lewis. Oh, shit. We, 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 should, get, we know, should fucking bro. know this. Oh, no. Ghostbusters. When it goes, comes up to you. Good shit. Yeah, it's um, great. And the, the album is. Do you have a little water over there? Shut up. Do you have a little water? Is there is there a, a glass that has not been used out of these? I have no I I don't think Can this I just has drink drink right from the thing? You gonna yeah. mind? Here we go. Guys, I'm taking a sip of water. Adam, cover cover me. Uh sports. Huey Lewis. Um rock and roll harder rock and roll. Want a new drug? Uh the news. The news, the band members. Um, okay, let's see. Let's see. Oh, the next album was called Four. The previous album was called Picture This. Uh, oh god, okay, let's see. Singles. Um the lead single, Heart and Soul. Oh, so Heart and Soul was was the first single. Now I gotta take a piss. Oh boy. Okay. Cover let's, me. Let's hear a little bit of this. Heart and soul. Uh, here we are from Huey Lewis and the News. Here's Heart and Soul. So this was the first single uh, on that album. 1983, I think, was uh, when this came out. And then they followed that up with. The, the second single, I Want a New Drug. Let's hear a little bit of I Want a New Drug. This is the second single from the album Sports by Huey Lewis and the News. And this song was ripped off by Ray Parker Jr. for <sighs> Ghostbusters. Oh, oh, my God. And then the third single was called The Heart of Rock and Roll. Let's hear a little bit of that. that uh, I don't have it. I've too. never heard that song. Okay. Shit. Welcome back. Hey, thanks. You did pretty good. You could do the show by yourself, I think. I think a lot of people would prefer it. <laughs> okay, so the fourth single was If This Is It. So that they have four What was the first singles. one I was, I was pissing? Fifth single, Walking on a Thin Line. Holy shit. What was the first one? The first one was Heart and Soul. Heart and Soul was the first, of course. First. Yep, 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 yep. Let's yep, listen. Yep, Let's yep, hear a little yep. bit of that. No, thank you. Okay. Um... So you, what was the first song you heard by them? I'm, again, I, I think it was probably I Want a New Drug. Because <laughs> that was like the big, like, mm -hmm. Billie Jean-sized hit. Yeah. 
Like the fact that drug was in the title and it was the just say no era, it was like a controversial thing. But it was kind of an anti-drug song in a way because it was talking about how the drugs that are out there are not good. But I wonder if he ever found his new drug. We should ask Well, him about I think that. his new drug may have been uh, love. Uh, kind of boring. Yeah, probably not. Um, MTV, the videos, obviously, really big. I didn't have MTV. so I, what, I was, what was going on in your house? I didn't have cable. But I didn't I was, have cable either. I would see it on Friday Night Videos. Friday Night Videos. Yeah. Well, I saw it all the time. How could We didn't have MTV, but how could we? There must They must have just played it everywhere. I was watching his videos this morning on YouTube, getting ready, and I thought, why the hell was it only on MTV? Why didn't a network just play an hour of videos on Thursday nights and make a bunch of fucking money? Well, I know we had video one with Richard Blade, but that was mainly like uh, uh, new wave stuff. But I saw it all the time. Yeah. I mean, so At it must, it, it must have just have been on everywhere. Yeah. I wonder if they ever played it uh, like on TV instead of Happy Days or something. They're just like, you know, what? we're not going to play Happy Days. We're just going to put on... Huey Lewis, if this is it, video. Yeah, maybe. And then have 25 minutes of just black screen. <laughs> um, I don't know. But uh, yeah, that one with his face in the ice and all that, that was a yeah. big deal. Yeah. Um, huge stuff. And you did you ever see them live? I saw them once. I saw them at the Paso Robles County Fair, which is weird. And I should ask Huey about this. They were. It was like the summer that Power of Love came out, summer of 85. And- they were playing the Paso Robles County Fair. Why were they doing that? They were the biggest band in the world. That is a little weird, isn't yeah. it? They should have played. I mean, it was big. It was sold out. And it was, you know, a lot but of But it was in the middle of the day? Middle of the day. Weird. Yeah. That must have been some sort of a payday for them, though. I remember we come in. We were a little late. Power of Love was playing the first song. And I was like, oh, my God. And they were right there. And I was like, let's just watch this song here. And my mom's like, no, we got to get to our seats. And she pulls me and we go. And our seats are, like, way behind the band. <laughs> but you walked in and you like, what what concert venue's entrance is right next to the stage? It was weird because it was outside. <laughs> and I don't know, it was a fair, the fairgrounds. And your mom, let's just watch Huey. He's next to us right He's now. He's right here. Son, let's go to our seats. <laughs> oh, the policeman will arrest us if we, we don't go to our seats. We did end up getting arrested. You uh, did? Yeah. For what? Vehicular because, manslaughter? Because we didn't get to our seats in time. Oh, shit. Yeah, we had to go. Spend. How long were you in the pokey? We were in prison and like lockdown, like hardcore. Maximum, solitary? Maximum security, solitary confinement prison. What'd you do, a dime? Uh, just a little less. Eight years. Eight We got years. out five years good behavior. Shit. Yeah. That's nuts. Well, it just goes to show your mom was right. You should listen to your moms. I know. We should have gone to those seats. Yeah. Listen to your moms, people. That's right. They know what's up. Otherwise, you'll go to prison. What about you, Scott? Did you ever see Huey Lewis live? I never did because... Uh, I first heard them. I think the first song I heard by them was "Do You Believe in Love." Oh yeah, that was. I'm it was sure huge, I but heard I don't that. think I knew who they Me were. Either. I just knew that song. Yeah. Lip, by the way, great song. Great song. Little side note of uh, trivia. Should I get a note of interest. No, you don't have to take notes okay. during this. You can just remember. Okay. Do you? How good are you at uh, your short-term memory? Do you, uh, what did I just say? Who? Oh, okay, take notes, take notes. Okay, here we go. Um, I uh, I really love working for a living. 
<laughs> working for a living. Okay. Do, do you mind not writing right next to the mic? Is oh, it? sorry. Um, I really love working for a living, which um, has a, a very distinctive uh, like hand clapping sound. And oh, yeah. Uh, uh, which album is that on? Is that Pictures? it's an early one? I think it, it's either Picture This or the one right, but or Huey Lewis in the News. Um, and so when we, (laughs) that doesn't get old. (laughs) So when we, when we made the Mr. Show movie, run, Ronnie run, uh, here we go. There was this idea for the credits that, uh, uh, one of the other writers, BJ Porter and I had had for a movie we had been writing, uh, a few years earlier where we always thought it would be funny. And I feel like a movie has done this since then, but we thought it would be funny if a song over the credits um, not only just described the entire movie that you just saw, but also described how you felt about the movie that you just saw. And like uh, when you were sitting there and Ronnie did this, you thought it was nice. Um, <laughs> and so I got together with Warren Fitzgerald, who's the guitarist of the Vandals and also yeah. has played with Oingo Boingo. And um, we wrote this uh, uh, I think PJ and I wrote the lyrics and then uh, Warren and I wrote this song together based on working on a living, working for a living rather with the like, working for a living. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you can kind of hear Everybody's what I'm in it and working for a living. Yeah. Here we go. I want to hear those hand claps. I love some good HCs. Um, so we, we, we wrote this song for the Mr. Show movie and it was all about when Ronnie did this, Uh you thought it was nice. And then when he did this other thing, you thought it was nice. And then when he did this thing, then you thought it was nice. (laughs) Fucking stupid. And you use it. So here's what happened. So I turn it in. Um, and it's just a, it's, it's just a Huey Lewis kind of ripoff song. Uh, musically, uh, in a way, but but no homage to that of like a feel good song that would be in the eighties. Turned it in, and the director uh, said uh, he was like done with us at this point. Yeah, but uh, he was like, uh, fine, you know what? It's a the song's fine, but Scott can't sing, so uh, we have to replace him. What? Really? Just being a spiteful dick about it, right? Oh, man. He's like, he can't sing. And like, yeah, I can sing. Yeah. Like, uh, everyone knows that. So, but we were just so like, uh, like everything had to be a fucking issue. So we were like, all right, fine. So we got the, we contacted the band Ween and the yeah. lead singer of Ween sang it. Dean or Gene? Whichever one, uh, whichever. I don't, yeah. I don't know who it was. And we get it back and literally I put it on and he sounds exactly like me. And I go, uh-huh. oh no, this is just the demo of me singing it. He sounds exactly like me. Uh-huh. And then we give it to the director and he's like, yeah, good, fine. And then he puts it in the credits, but turns it down super low. So you can't hear any of the, <laughs> any of the lyrics and puts it in a part where like dialogue is being spoken. Sounds like a fun anyway, uh, working It was really situation. great. Anyway, but that, that's a, uh, a fun song. We never put out a soundtrack, but uh, that's a fun song. Do you have a, a copy of it somewhere? I don't even think I have a copy of it anywhere. Oh, I used to have it on a CD and play it for people and people are like, this is fucking hilarious. <laughs> it sounds and hilarious. It just like gets buried in the movie. Is it on YouTube or something? Well, you can see the, you can see the, the credits somewhere, yeah. but you can barely hear, like you can't make out what's being. Why didn't Dave and Bob just direct that movie? Um, I mean, you know, who knows? Yeah. Uh, um, oh, uh, uh, what about Ween? We never really talked about Ween. I was really into Ween for 
a minute there in yeah. the 90s. Were you? Uh, I liked, I you know what I really liked was their 12 country greats oh, yeah, record. Awesome. Um, and then uh, I really liked White Pepper. Yeah. That's and good. those were the two that I listened to the most probably. Chocolate and G's you didn't get into? I thought that, I thought that was okay, but I, I, uh, I remember Marilyn Rice Cub playing that before every uh, Windows 95 show that she did at the comedy uh-huh. store. When I first started doing comedy, she would put that on as the pre-show music. Uh-huh. So you got sick of it? No, I, I just, I, th- I thought it was fine. I just didn't really devour that album uh, like the other ones. Man, was I into that record. But then the country greats was great. And then they, 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 they just broke up, didn't they? Like finally like put a nail Maybe, in Maybe, yeah. I'm uh, not really sure. The Mollusk is a good record. Too. The Mollusk, yeah, that's a good one, yeah. Um, but we are certainly not here to talk about Ween, uh, nor should we be, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Absolutely not. This is on Huey Lewis's time. That's right, because he's waiting. Out he's waiting. The, yeah, we're keeping him waiting. The, we ke- we've locked him in a bathroom <laughs> with the lights off. We have a very special bathroom here at Earwolf, which has a lock on the outside. That's right. <laughs> that we just like to punish people. We love to lock people in there. It's such a funny prank because people reach for the lock and then they go, wait a minute, I'm trapped. And But right before we lock them in there, we're like, okay, just a quick shower before we do the show. Yeah. We like, so we get them naked yeah. and then we get them in We there. get them naked outside the bathroom yeah. first. Take pictures. <laughs> and then push them into the bathroom. <laughs> and then they go, wait, where? there's not even a shower in here. And then click. Yeah. And they're fucking trapped. They're, they can't do so, shit. So Huey's naked in the other room right now. Wondering what's going on. Banging on the fucking door. So if he seems like deeply unhappy- uh, at the beginning it, of the... Maybe it has something to do with that, yeah. but who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Adam, what's been going on with you? Uh, of course, we had uh, Hollywood's... Uh, probably Hollywood Awards Night to Shine, the Oscars, mm. the other night. Mm. The old caddies. The old Oscar dues is what they call... That's what they call them in yeah. town. You, uh, do you remember your promise to our listeners? That's right. That if you ever win one, you are in your acceptance speech. You're going to say, I'm going to put this up my butt. That's right. <laughs> I will. I'm. I'm very much planning on keeping that promise when I win an Oscar. Um, yeah. What about? Did you? What did you do? You want to have an Oscar party? Go no, an I, Oscar party. I, I stayed at home this year uh, with uh, uh, my ex girlfriend Kulop and uh, the dogs, mm-hmm. and uh, just watched it from home. And what'd you think? What'd you think of the show? Marvelous. Yeah. Just glitz and glamour. I A love total. It. I would say that the Oscars are like a salute to the movies. Yeah. Me too. I would say that. I would say it's a night uh, to celebrate movies. To celebrate excellence. I think this is actually an episode of I Love Films. I think you're right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to I Love Films. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And we are talking, of course, about- Great films. Uh, films, films, films. Three Give words for you. Films. Three words for you. Sell you Lloyd. Yeah, that's right. That's one word, though. What? No, you're right. Lloyd's a word. Listen. Like Lloyd Dobler. Oh, yeah, okay. From a great film. And then also sell. sell buy, sell. And then you. You is maybe the most important word. Uh, I mean, there you. is no you in team. I'll tell you that that's much. That's right. And speaking of films- Teamwork. 
Teamwork. That's what's so important about films. You, one person doesn't make a film. I know that uh, every once in a while you'll see that little credit on a film that'll say a film by... A Spike Lee joint. <laughs> yeah, but guess what? That film ain't by them. But that's what it means, joint production, a joint venture. Yeah, but that film ain't by them. That's right. It's a, by it's everybody. It's a joint venture. That's what I'm it's saying. It's by everybody. Everybody. That's right. Makes a film. And boy, do do I love films. When when you just hit that sweet spot. Oh, man, watching the Oscars and watching how, like, this year's great films were represented in those awards. You know what I mean? Like, every award, it seemed like they nominated, like, things from five different films sometimes. Yeah. Performances that run the gamut of five different selections. Like different film, like different performances from different films, they would nominate, they'd be like, okay, for best actress, we're going to take like five different actresses from films yeah. and put them into this category and like sort of almost, I felt like a nomination was almost saying like, hey, these things are good. Yeah, you did a great job. You know? And then on the night of the actual Oscars, it's almost like from those five they decide to pick one of them. It's almost like that where they would like go like, okay, one, two, three, four, five. Um, what if we were to be like, take away one, then take away another one, then take away another one, then take away another one. What would we be left with? Just one person. One thing. One or performance. Yeah. So, and, but what or was confusing one, to me is sometimes it would be two people. Yeah. but And it wasn't always... As far as I'm concerned, actors. Sometimes no, it was. because that's really maybe all that's I care about when I watch a film. Maybe that's what you're talking about. Is sometimes it was like a couple people that did something else on yeah. a movie. I think if two people can be nominated for do, like writing or something and they uh -huh. get – two people should be nominated for acting. Yeah. And not for the same film either. Right. They should be like Laura Dern in Marriage Story – and Griffin Dunn in Succession. It, yeah. it can be not even a movie, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or Huey Lewis in I Want a New Drug Video. It could right. be not even movies. Not even movies. Not even from that year. Yeah. I also think, what won the best song this year? I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> but I remember watching all the performances and kind of going like, okay, all these songs suck. Just give it to fucking, like, what's the best song this year? I know we've talked about this before. Just give the Academy Award to whatever the best song is. Like, right. give it to fucking Billie Eilish this year. I know she might get it next year for the Bond thing, but but didn't she have a song? She this sang. Year? She sang. She sang over the memoriam, which that was the other uh, thing. I was right. like, if you're gonna die, they should automatically give you an Academy Award. Yeah, you know what I mean. They all get all those people get Oscars. They should give every one of them that they show on the thing because how fucking lame is it? That some of those people that they put up there on the in memoriam don't have an Oscar. Did and you, the Oscars are exploiting them. Did you feel like um, it was bullshit that Luke Perry wasn't uh, presented in that? Uh, in He's memoriam? one of Celluloid's greatest actors. And he was in one of the films nominated for whatever they call that award. Yeah. It's crazy. Did you see any of the movies this year? I didn't see mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah, no. I didn't. I don't even know what they were talking about but most of the time. When we watched the Academy Awards, I was like, "Oh, so this is about movies that just came out? Just came out? What is I this? couldn't because some of them I was like, didn't this come out like five years ago? Yeah, me too. But then I was watching a commercial. It, it turned out it was a commercial. Yeah, 
I saw a, it was a car, a really nice looking car. Like yeah. this is a beautiful, beautiful car. car. And I was like, this is my favorite movie. Me too. And then it, it just ended. Turned, yeah. It was like 30 seconds long. I was like, this is still my favorite movie. Yeah. Like nice, short, sweet gets to the point. And then it turned out to not even be a movie. No, like, not even close, bro. It was a commercial for a car. But is a car a movie? As far as I'm concerned. Why not? Lots of things are movies. Like they should nominate best car every yeah. year. See, if they did that. And not not type of car, like the Escalade or, what, or right. whatever. I mean, Just like best car. literal best car that's out there. Yeah, I mean, no like, best like, individual Yeah, car. that's what I mean. John, you know, John, you know, uh, fucking Blankenship. Q Publix. Yeah. Toyota Camry. Yeah. Wins best the car. Oscar this year. Best car. <laughs> yeah. 2020 best car. Best car. And John not the Q one, Publix. not the best one that came out this year. No, best Just car. best car. And why is it the best car? Who knows, man? Maybe it's he's got the the best uh, the best he makes the best use of his uh, uh, yeah slots cup holder for the cup holders yeah like he he's got a system where he puts his big gulp in one of them and his phone in his the phone. other maybe you know? paper clips maybe he works in an office he needs paper clips yeah change you always need change always need change it's, that these days that. too with everyone going paperless like you need change more than ever you gotta get that change. Um, but it uh, it was really confusing, and um, I didn't like it. Me too. I walked away from the Oscars. Yeah, I walked out of my house. I walked down the street. I was like, I'm not going back there. I walked right out into traffic. It's We had the same experience. It's so crazy. And wait, and then I met this really interesting guy out in the middle Me of traffic. too. And I was like, you you are so interesting. I just had a, like a long conversation with him. I did too. About, and it was so interesting and it lasted until like the sun rose. What did you talk to this guy about? It was just about, it was weird because it was like, we talked about everything, but also nothing. It was like, we talked about everything that meant so much to us about life. And yet at the end of it, I was kind of like, whoa, the time just flew by. And God, this is crazy. Cause we had a, I had a very similar experience. Really? What like almost it? exactly the same. What was it, Like, what were the differences and what were the similarities? There were no differences. There were it was only similarities. Similarities. Wow, that's amazing to have two different conversations like that. And what was the guy you talked to? What was he wearing? Do you remember? Uh, he, I remember he had no shirt on. That's right. And uh, it is. How do you know it's right? It's just weird because now our our experience is even more similar because I was I was actually not wearing a shirt when I walked out of the house. Oh, interesting. I, I was in the middle of changing when I got super confused because the Oscars ended. What were you changing out of and what were you changing into? I was changing out of a tuxedo because I You wanted to, to watch wear, it. Yeah, you like to yeah. wa wear what everyone wears. The, that's the thing. When I watch television, I wear whatever the characters on whatever shows are wearing. That's right. So sometimes it's really comfy. And then sometimes, like for the Oscars. Yeah, it's a drag. But, but then I was going to watch... Breaking Bad, so I was changing into a hazmat suit, and then I got super confused. So yeah. I was wearing hazmat suit. Well, this pants. guy I was talking to, yeah, he was wearing like a rolled down hazmat suit that j the top wasn't on. I mean, this is the craziest coincidence. This is so nuts. Anyway, um, a great night that I'll never forget. The guy I was talking to was showing his nuts. Hmm, weird. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, the guy I was talking to was not doing that. Hmm. Oh, well, I guess the similarities end they there. end right there. 
Oh, well, I'll never forget this guy. I wish I'd gotten his name or phone number because he was so interesting and really on a great wavelength with me. Yeah, but uh, me one of those people that I go, you know what? I never met that guy before, but he could be one of my best friends. I might put an ad in the uh, Close Encounters in uh, LA Weekly. Yeah. I might just watch Close Encounters. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Speaking of films, this has been I Love Films. See you next time. Bye. Good app. That was a really good app. It was an interesting app. They love films. Oh, man. <laughs> I love films, too, though, I have to say. I love, I, look, I love them. And I love that show. I love, I love films. Yeah, I, wait, is this an episode of I Love, I Love Films? I think so. Hey everyone, welcome to I Love, I Love Films. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And we're just talking about that podcast, I Love Films, that we love so much. I love, I love films. They, those guys know their shit. They know everything there's to know about movies, but as far as I'm concerned, about life. That's what, that's what's interesting is it transcends to me where it's like, yeah, yeah, they're talking about movies, which I'm not really interested in. Right. Um, Hollyweird. Hollyweird uh, libtards. It's like, can you just shut up about politics for one second and just entertain me, you fucking dancing monkeys? Stop. You know what? Go back to to doing what you do best. Yeah, which is you don't do it all that well. Yeah, keeping keeping a fucking sock in it. That's right. Anyway, I hate movies, but I love the I Love Films podcast. It's all just about, you know, it's about more than that. It's It's about- about it's about farts. The three Fs. Farts, future, and friends. Friends. Farts, future, farts, friends. future, and F-F-F. friends. F-F-F. Anyway, I love it. This has been I Love, I Love Films. Bye. Bye. Good app. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Um, have we talked about Huey Lewis enough? I think so. Nothing more to cover as far as, uh, well, was there anything else you, you're not, you uh, leave on the table here? We, we, we want to put it all out on the field. Got to put it, leave all it all out the there. Field. I gotta, I gotta look anytime I want to have a good time. Yeah. I turn on Huey Lewis in the news and it instantly makes me feel better. That's Crank one of those, one of those things where it's like, if you're ever in a funk, yeah. But you want to hear some funk? Something a little funky. You know what I mean? A little uh, R plus B. Yeah. If you know what I mean. I'm not talking about the wonderful billionaire from England and Australia himself, Richard Branson. No, not him. I'm talking about rhythm and booze. Blues, folks. Um, you just put it on. You you just enjoy yourself. Yeah. It's just, it, it's, it's music that, uh, uh, transcends time periods too. It's, you know what I mean? It just Everything. still sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to be talking to the man himself, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, as well as Huey Lewis, um, in just a second. It's uh, And Jimmy Kimmel, by the way, do we want to talk about how this all came to be? Yeah, We, sure. we reached out to Jimmy to, uh, to just do an episode of this show because That's we know right. how much we were talking about just doing it. And then we said, Oh, you know, Jimmy likes Huey a lot. Why don't we reach out to Jimmy? And Jimmy, uh, wrote back a really like immediately saying that he, he doesn't really do a lot of podcasts, but how could he refuse this? Yeah. 
How could he say no to this? That's what it was because we were like, let's go through sports track by track, track by track, and yeah. let's have Jimmy on talking about how he how much he likes Huey Lewis. And it was Jimmy who said, "Why don't I just get Huey to come do it?" Because Huey comes uh, comes out here to be on Jimmy's show yeah. a lot and has stuff uh, that he's promoting. And Huey's album just came out last Friday called Weather. We That's will right. talk a little bit about that, and we'll probably hear some of it. Um, this is very exciting. This is, I mean, this is a uh, a big, big show. Oh, you know what? Before we go, uh, we get a lot of letters, Adam. Mm. And we don't do a lot of shows. And it's and I, I've had a few, if we don't mention you, uh, it's because I've had these letters sitting in my office for months <laughs> waiting to do another episode. And then before I left today, I forgot to bring them. But we have gotten some letters uh uh, from people. So uh, I want to thank Monica, Andy, Lisa, Dylan, Stephen, Kim, Luke, Andrea, Olivia. Uh, and we got some vinyl from the early stages. Uh, uh, thanks so much to all of them for giving us some some uh, some nice uh, little missives yeah. and trinkets and stuff like that. It means a lot to us that you guys write to us. All right. Thanks, so, guys. When we come back. We are going to be talking to the man himself, Huey Lewis, and, of course, Jimmy Kimmel, number one Huey Lewis superfan. We'll be right back with a little bit of Huey talking Huey to me. We'll be right back in time for that. Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta. Because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. We are back. And this is very exciting. Adam, are you excited? I am very excited. What, moderately? Or at, at a level that is off the charts. I'm just, I'm getting tripped up here because I don't know what moderately means. You don't know what moderately means. No. Do you know how to spell it? Do you want me to use it in a sentence? Well, I know that it starts with an M. Okay, I'll use it in a sentence. Are okay. you excited moderately? Hmm. No. Okay, see? 
You know what I'm it means. I'm very excited. You're Thank very you for excited. Clearing okay. that up. I am very, very excited. Very good. Well, we have a couple of special guests on the show. They've never been on. Well, this is the first episode of of this particular progr- program that we've done. They've never been on any of our shows before. Uh, let's first introduce this man. He is a multiple Emmy Award winner. He's hosted the Academy Awards several times. Jimmy Kimmel is with us. Thank you. Thank you. And by multiple. <laughs> so, and by the way, there's a cameraman in the room who. Has has tripped over a waste paper. <laughs> There's like, garbage everywhere. There's garbage everywhere. And right on Jimmy's introduction, he tripped yes. over it and made a giant. And then, and d- did you hurt yourself, sir? Are you okay? Oh, I'm just, Are I'm you sorry. okay? I messed up here. Did you hurt Not your camera? <laughs> is your camera all right? The all right. thing about documentary filmmakers is they lurk in the shadows. That's right. <laughs> this is a very bright room. There's you not forget no they're there. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, welcome to the show. So nice uh, to see thank you. Thank you for having me. It's fun to be here. Uh, I, I feel like yes. Jimmy is qualified. To have been on any of our other programs as well, he is. I've yes. just not been invited to be on any of the other shows. Well, we've done we've done a YouTube program, and we've done a program centered on REM, and we've yes. also done a program centered on uh, the band Stained, as well as <laughs> as well as Todd Glass, and we call that Stained Glass. <laughs> so, well, I'm good with three out of those four. <laughs> okay, yeah. So are we, by the way. Uh, let me introduce our guest of honor. He is a multiple Grammy winner, a Golden Globe winner, an Academy Award nominee. Should have won. Oh Should my have God. won. What, what won did win? Year, what did win? I know. If you don't know, I know. You're asking me? Yeah. Say yeah. You, Say Me by Lionel Richie. That's, that's a White good song, Knights. too. From yeah, the classic like, White Knights. That is, I saw that three times because <laughs> the girl I had a crush on in 1985 was a dancer, and she loved it. And I saw and, it with her three times, hoping she would kiss me. And, and interestingly. <laughs> did she? No. Yeah. And interestingly, <laughs> we, we on that on that uh, you know we we were invited because we were nominated to the Academy Awards. Yes. And um, uh, and I think there was a poll beforehand. We were like three to one favorites to win. Yeah. You know? oh. And then so we when I, we enter my band and I and we have our seats assigned as we get to our seats sitting in the row just in front of me. Uh, turns around, it's uh, Marvin Hamlish. Whoa. He says, "Hey, Huey Lewis, I'm a big fan." I said, "Oh, Marvin Ham, I'm Marvin Hamlish." I said, "Oh yeah, great, great to meet you." Everything. He says, "Yeah, sorry, man." I said, "What?" He says, "Lionel's on the aisle." Oh, oh no! So if anybody wants to know whether the fix is in and yeah. these award shows. To oh, say yeah. the lion aisle. Uh, well, let me introduce you. Huey Lewis is here. Oh, hello. <laughs> so, thank you. Uh, and I have two Emmy Awards. And Adam, what do you have? Uh, zero of everything. <laughs> um, I have to just tell you that 13 year old me was really fucking pissed off when you lost that Academy Award. <laughs> why were Why were you not allowed to sing it on the telecast? We did. You did sing it. Okay, great, great, great. How was that? What was that like? It was okay, but they wouldn't let us play it. I sang live to track. Oh, oh okay. And they wouldn't let the band play. I had to sing live. I sang live, but we let, you know, live to track, which in those days was like one of the first times we they made us sing live to track. Yeah. Right. Now, of course, now all everything, award shows yeah. are live to track. Right. <laughs> right. Why, why do they do that? Are they just worried about the sound problems or the band being unpredictable or what is it? Everything. I yeah, think it sounds better. Staging issue primarily because they have to get a, a setup in there and then move it out and then move something else. This is in. some good intel from the host well, of the Academy yeah, Awards yeah. himself. Wow. Actually, the, you know, there was always the, Ameri- uh, the, the Grammy Awards were always live. 
always live. Yeah, yeah. And and there was always feedback or something, or one guy's mic would go out and there were problems, and they always lasted too long. And so Dick Clark created the American Music Awards right. out of whole cloth, right? Just to kick their ass, right? And did, and we did it with with live to track, and they could time everything perfectly, yeah, because they're, the they knew exactly how long to, and then so the Grammys had to follow suit. They just got they got killed, and wow. they had to tighten their act and 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 do it like that. So that makes the show way longer just dealing with live music. Yeah, because you got to set everything of up. Of course. Microphones, of all course. Chords. I remember you presenting with Madonna at the American Music Awards. We gave the award to Prince. Yeah, wow. So the three wow. of you, amazing. Speaking of speaking of Prince, I wanted to, I know we're going to jump all over the place with you, Huey. Uh, I was reading about uh, We Are the World today. Right. And the, you're, you're uh, of course, the, the, the line that you sang is classic. Right. But it was not meant for you to sing originally. Not originally, no. It was meant for Prince. It was Prince's line. Really? Yeah, but Prince didn't show up till We Are the World. Because he that, was upset at, at something that something, happened in the Grammys or something. At the American Music Awards. Or at the American Music Awards. Right, right, right. He didn't, whatever. He didn't win he, or he something. He didn't show up. And now they figured out he's not showed up. And I, we're done. We've sung the chorus and I'm in the in the lounge, you know, with. So you didn't have a, a solo line originally. Not. I, Insanity. I, and now they come get me and they say, Quincy wants to see you. And I go see Quincy and Quincy says, uh, hey, Smelly, come here. He called Michael Smelly because he was so clean. And and uh, he says, sing, <laughs> sing, your, sing your line to Huey. And he sang the line. He goes, Huey, sing it. And I'm sitting there, you know, with Michael Jackson. Whoa. Sang my line. He says, great, you got it. And that's all. Wow. Wow. Right and place, right time. And and what did you what did you think about Cindy Lauper coming right after you going, wow, 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 wow? <laughs> what was that about? I don't know. I don't know, but... but <laughs> But I do remember that at the end of the, uh, I do remember being, you know, when we started the 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 lead vocal, they did all the chorus first, and then boom, then we, oops, sorry, <laughs> then we did the lead vocals. Yeah, uh, they they wanted to do it in one pass because they only had like five vo five mics, and they had fifteen people, so three guys on each mic, and you'd lean into the mic, uh -huh. sing your line, get out of the way, next person in line, next person, and so on. And they because of the leakage, they wanted it all to be live. Yeah, so they started off with. Uh, I guess Lionel, here comes a time when we eat a certain go. And then uh, when the world was coming, there are people dying. Stevie Wonder yeah. would kind of intentionally screw up his line. And almost, you know, <laughs> yeah. there are people dying. Wait a minute, wait, wait, stop, stop, stop. So then, then they go again and they get about down to Al Jarreau and he screws up somehow and they go back again and they go back to someone. And meanwhile, these guys are getting three takes and I haven't sung my line at right. all. Right, because you're further down the line. Yeah, I'm way down the line. So I say, when Humberto comes out to adjust, Humberto Gattaca, the engineer to adjust the microphones, I say, Humberto, can you just let it go anyway so yeah. we can have a little bit of a shot at it? Yeah. And uh, he says, oh, okay. And he goes back in and Michael, I was right next to Michael. And Michael goes, Good idea, good idea. <laughs> Michael Jackson was right next to me for that whole thing, and he did not miss a trick, man. I mean, you know, he just seems like he's just kind of ethereal thing, but he was so onto that thing because when we finally did a pass all the way around, and it wasn't very good, yeah. and then we did a second pass all the way around, and it was really good. 
It was it was it was pretty good all the way around. Yeah. And then Quincy just goes, "Let's do another one." And I saw him go to Humberto through the glass, say, "Save that one." And then uh -huh. let's do another one. And he started another one. And right away, Michael grabs me. He says, "They're gonna say they're saving the last one, aren't they?" I said, "Yeah, they're saving the last one." He says, "Oh, good. That's the one." I is that is that the one they used? The second yeah, one? It was okay. The one yeah. Wow. But Michael knew he he knew all that stuff. Yeah. And, um, and was that separate from the the video? Isn't you guys actually recording the song? Is it or was that the actual? Yeah. Did they, did you lip sync in the video to the? No, no, no. That was that was the video. That, they, they just that shot was. it. They just shot it. Wow. wow. Okay. It's incredible. What a day. That's why we're so <laughs> ugly when we get trying to hit those notes. <laughs> um, Jimmy, I got I got to turn to you. There's so many questions uh, that uh, I you can think of. We yes. shot the. The I'm fucking Ben Affleck video in that's right. very in the exact right. same studio. Really? Where is the studio? It's Jim Henson's studio. Oh, it is. Uh, yeah. yeah, we we a &M. A &M. we did the Ferns uh, uh, score there. Yeah, they do a lot of stuff yeah. there, and uh, and Huey was in that one too. It was fantastic. Uh, Huey's the only one that was in both. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> what an honor, <laughs> um, Jimmy. There are so many questions I could think of to ask you, but the the one that that pops up primarily is is when did you first hear of Huey Lewis in the news? I'll tell you when. Uh, well, I heard about him on the radio, of course. But Cleto, who is my was there band like leader. like a news bulletin about them? <laughs> <laughs> my band leader Cleto, who's my best friend since I was nine years old, we grew up right across the street from each other. He stole a um, a little suitcase full of cassette tapes out of a boat. A and boat. Wait a minute. There are boats in Las Vegas? It was like somebody, you know, was on a street and somebody had it parked oh. and Cleto like looked in there and there was there were cassette tapes and he took it and he brought it home. And one of the one of the tapes was picture this uh, Huey oh, yeah. Lewis's right. album before sports. And we started listening to it and we started listening to it a lot. And we became that's how we became fans. And then my cousin, Sal, who lived in Long Island, we were in Las Vegas. Um, he also at the same time, fell in love with Huey Lewis, and it became a formative part of our childhood. Sure. And then Sports comes out, and it's the biggest album ever, and that must have been a huge deal for you guys. Too. I went to the Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas at 5 o'clock in the morning <laughs> to, by myself to buy tickets to see Huey Lewis in the news, and I was like fifth or seventh in line. I remember thinking like, oh, geez, I'm not... I'm not, I got up so early, I'm not even first in line. And we waited until the box office opened at like nine and I got tickets and I was very excited. And then it was a matter of who I'm going to let come to this concert right. with me. Who did you let come? Uh, a few of my friends from high school. Oh, good. Yeah. And did and you how, have good how, seats? Yeah, how close were the seats? They were not as good as they should That's have been. That's the thing. You, yeah. Like I waited up all night <laughs> to see you too. And I was in the back row of matter. like the sports. Right. Uh, you yeah. know, it's funny though, until you asked me how good the seats were, I, I never thought about that. Right. I, I never thought about the fact that the seats weren't that great. You, do they save all the good seats for like all the promoters and stuff like that? Is that, I mean, it's such a scam. The fix is in there too, for Absolutely. sure. There's no question about it. Yeah. And, and what they do nowadays is they save it for the VIP deal. Yeah. yeah. So you pay extra money, you get better seats, and then you get to meet the band, That's which right. is something I don't understand at all. Why? Well, these big bands, I mean, why do the bands do this? Oh, for money, right? Okay, for, for money. money. So let's yeah. let's look at that. You or maybe band. to get some sex. I don't know. That could be too, <laughs> right? I'm a, these big bands pick, a, pick, pick a band, Journey, something like they're, <laughs> big bands. They're on <laughs> they're on stage for two hours, right? And they're making huge 
a lot of money. I mean, what are they making? You know, like they got to be they got to be making five figures, yeah, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars. Some so of them. They, sure. so, they, so they decided they're going to add another hour pre-show meet and greet and stuff so they can make another 10 grand. I don't get it. It's yeah. like the the concert's two hours and the meet and greet's almost it's two hours. Hour. Yeah, it's two hours sometimes. And, and you get nothing. And, but and you what, know and the reality is. And very what happens is, is the artist get, oh, I got I forgot I got to do the, yeah. and he's miserable. Uh-huh. And now the people who paid 400 bucks for the meet and greet, he's not very nice. He wasn't very nice to me. And then they, they, they don't like him, you know, yeah. it backfires. But didn't you have to do like meet and greets with radio guys and oh, stuff? Yeah, like crazy. So maybe if you got paid for that, it would have been, would have been better. Maybe that's what they're doing. They're doing the same thing, except now they're getting paid well, for it. What we used to do is sign autographs afterwards uh-huh. and set up a table. And then for backstage pieces, and we do, we just sign autographs. Yeah. Huey, let's go back to the, uh, the beginning if we can. Uh, uh, Marin County is where no, you. No, that'll be that'll be what? Louis Louis Armstrong was the beginning. Was oh, the beginning. oh I of mu- of music you know, or of jazz. <laughs> uh, you you were in England for a while. You were in the band Clover, right? Uh, which Clover, if he uh, put out a couple of records and also was the backing band for Elvis Costello's first record, but yeah, you or, were you did not play on that. No, me neither. Not my, neither I nor the lead singer Alex Call. Right. Explain why you didn't play on that album. Well, I just played harmonica. Yeah, and uh, well, but didn't you didn't you decide to go somewhere yeah, with your El- girlfriend El- for the weekend? Yeah, Elvis <laughs> Elvis Costello asked me. He said, "I do have a couple songs that you could play on, if you'd like." But they were going to be doing this for a week. Yeah, and it was our first week off. We'd, we they worked as we were crazy, and I had a I I had my girlfriend over there, and I, we went to Amsterdam for the week. <laughs> so you, which songs could you have? I, I have no played idea. On? I can't. Remember. Like Welcome I, to the Working Week I, or I Watching know. the Detectives. Red Shoes. I don't know. Right, it's oh. from My Aim Is True. Right, that's the record. Yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, I I read it. I read something recently where you were kind of taking a look at the pub rock scene, which had Nick Lowe and and uh, you know Dave Edmonds and all the the rock pile people. And you sort of were very inspired by that and said, oh, I, I would like to go back to the U.S. and do sort of my version of that. Is that is that what kind uh, of? Sort of. I mean, Clover was mostly a country rock band. And they were the, and we were signed by Dave Robinson and Jake Riviera, who managed Elvis, Grant the Stiff Parker, Records, and started Stiff Records. Right. But they hadn't done any of that when they when. The, and England was kind of between fads at the moment. And they they figured that if they that. Pub rock was going to be the new thing, and because uh, the Brinsley Schwartz and Nick Lowe was in Brinsley Schwartz, yeah. and they they worship Clover. They love they they had the I don't know worship's too big a word, but they, they like Clover. Had the record and so on, so they knew kind of who we were and everything. So they thought they'd sign us, and we, well, the day we landed, you know, uh, Johnny Rotten spit in the face of the first enemy reporter, and the, and the game was on, and so the punk thing exploded, yeah. and we were wrong place, wrong time. But the punks were. For me, liberating because they were like thumbing their nose at the music. You know, my voice is kind of you know it's a it's a rough, gruff voice. I didn't have a radio voice for yeah. the '70s and all that stuff, and so I I didn't sing a lot in Clover. I, I didn't care. I was playing harmonica, just trying to exist. You know, play music for a living. But with the punks, I, it seemed like something that was very liberating because they they weren't trying to groom themselves for record labels or any of that stuff. They were just doing their own thing, singing their own quirky songs their own way. And I vowed that that's what I would do if our band ever broke up. But not music. Musically, musically, I would be R and B based because I was sick of the boo, 
guitar stuff and I, and uh and and that's pretty much what I did. So you when you came back to the US, you got a bunch of like-minded individuals. How did you find the band? I, I came back to the, to the to the US and then I I started I got a uh uh club there was a club called Lion's Share, and they said, how would you like uh, to do Monday nights here? I said, great. I got Monday nights, which was a long-off night, but it was a kind of a good night for us in Marin County because we traditionally through the years played Monday night. So I, I, I created this thing called Monday Night Live, which was a, a band, and I— that sounds like copyright infringement for Saturday might have Night been, Live. Might have been. <laughs> and and we did uh, and we had different bands and comedians and both. And quietly I assembled this band and I sang all the songs. And so then we got offered free studio time because a studio manager from somewhere came to see the gig and couldn't get in because it was quite popular. And so she said, "Hey, how would you like some free studio time?" I said, "Fine." And for a laugh, we cut one of the songs we were doing, which was called Exodisco. It was a disco version of Exodus. It was pretty funny. It goes. <laughs> Bob Marley's and, uh, Exodus? Huh? Bob Marley's Exodus? No, or? no. And it was the disco and, version and, of it. Disco version. We called Exodisco. And I, we did it for a laugh. Pee Wee Ellis played harmonic, played a saxophone on it. Pee Wee was a member of the Monday Night Live band. Pee Wee Ellis wrote Cold Sweat for James Brown. Played wow. Wow. But, and and uh, so it was a great group of musicians, and we did this thing for a laugh. And so I had this, that's what we used the free studio time for. I had this Exodisco thing. Now I get a call from Dave Edmonds and Nick, uh, from Nick Lowe, who says, we want you to play on... I want you to play on one of my songs, and and Rock Pile wants to cut Bad Is Bad. F come over to Britain and do it. I went, flew over to Britain, uh, you know, cheaply. Flew, went straight to the studio, cut Nick's song, cut Bad Is Bad with Edmonds and Rock Pile, and then there was a lull. And the record company comes by to hear the tracks. Yeah, and they hear the tracks, and then there's, and you know, we're done. I said, anybody want to hear? And there was a kind of a lull in the conversation. Want to hear something funny? They said, yeah. <laughs> and I put on Exodisco, and the record company loved it. They said, man, that could be a hit. I said, and so they split. I said, what do I do? Jake Rivera says, ask him for 11 points and don't leave without getting the check. He says, get 3,000 pounds. And, and they, if they want you to do something else on the record, do it. But say yes, but don't leave without the check. Yeah. So I go, to, I go the next day to the record company. I do all that. They write me a check for 3,000 pounds. I, they, but they want more vocal on it. They want me to sing a little more on it because I, I had just gone Exodus a little bit. So I said, no problem. Give me the check. They <laughs> give me the check. I go back to San Francisco. I go, boys, we got something going here. I went back to the studio to add vocal to this multi-track, and they had erased the multi-track oh. by accident because the tones were on it also. And, and with analog machines, you had to align the machine with tones. Right. Most people had a tone reel just for that, but because they were cheap and it was a demo session, they used the tones at the head of our of our tape. Oh, and no. so while they were while they were regulating it, uh, calibrating it, they went into the song and erase the first part of the song. So I said, what do you, I just made a deal for this. I got it. Right. They said, well, no problem. We'll give you plenty of time. How much time? They said, uh, I said, I'm going to need a week. I need a week. They said, no problem. They gave me a week. So I took the Exodisco uh, 
two-track master, yeah. put it on two of the multi-track of the 24, sang over another track, mixed it down. Took me two hours, done. And then I spent the week cutting three other songs with the band. Wow. And those songs got us our manager and eventually our record deal. Amazing. Wow. What are those songs? Because Bad is Bad, you held till sports. What, what, those what are the other were, songs? Those were, songs were, um, uh, they all come to Susie, which is, and uh, Annie Don't Lie, and a song called Now Here's You that ended up on our first record. Sure. Wow. And is that Adam, version by the way, Adam, I, I liked, uh, Adam, I want to say I liked yeah. how when he was talking about the tones on the, on, you said, yeah, like you knew what, what he like was talking I knew, about. Like I knew exactly yeah. what he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, it was before you were born, Adam. Of course. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, let's let's jump ahead then to uh, suddenly you have a, a hit record. Uh, you have Do You uh, Believe in Love, which was written by Mutt Lang. Is Mutt that right? I, I, and, I, I rewrote it a little bit, but. But most, 90% of it is my language. And so suddenly you have a hit song on the radio. What is that like? Fantastic. <laughs> and that's just, Jimmy, this is the song that you, that's on Picture This, which. Yeah, yeah, which I love that album. Yeah, I love all the songs on that album. But that was the big hit. That was the one yeah, that. Well, that was the hit. And we, we'd cut it and we asked and Mutt set the song. And we knew it was commercial. We cut it. We heard that KFRC was going to add that song. To the and KFRC was the big parallel one station in San Francisco. Yeah, I remember. And, and they did all their ads on Tuesdays. So we we assembled the whole band congregated at my house at two o'clock on Tuesday. They were going to play between two and six, and we sat there and watched the radio, you know. And uh, but like about three o'clock, I remember it was early. It wasn't when three o'clock or so. Bingo! The guy says, "Here's an, another." New song, a local band, Huey Lewis News, and they played Do You Believe in Love? And, you know, those those Parallel One stations have big compressors, yeah. so they really make it sound kind of almost distorted and powerful, really nice. Well, I remember thinking two things. First, when I heard it, I said, if it didn't sound anything like us, it was like, oh, my God, I, I sang that song. We produced that song. I've heard it a hundred times. That sounds like somebody else. And number two, it sounded like a hit. Yeah. Why do you say it sounded like someone else? Like it sounded like a big. It sounded like hit. a record all yeah, of a yeah, sudden. Yeah. Let's hear. Let's hear a little bit of it. So good. So good. It puts you in a good mood just yeah. right away, right? It's KFRC Huey Lewis right. in the news. Yeah, that's it. That's it. On the way to work. That's right. That's right. You love this song on the way to work. Yeah. I do believe in love. <laughs> Amazing. We actually have a new arrangement to it. We do. Well, we do. We did. That's even. If you could perform. Yeah. If you could perform it. Yeah. What's the new, what's the new arrangement like? It's uh, like stand by me. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then after this record, you have a hit. So does the label sort of trust you? Like they're, they're thinking the next record is going to be even bigger. Well, that was picture this. And so, which we produced ourselves, but it only sold like 250,000 copies, which in those days was kind of break even because we had a nice record deal. So now we have to make our third record and sports. And so we insisted on producing ourselves because we knew we had to have a hit single and we wanted to make those commercial decisions ourselves rather than, you know, go to go have a producer do it or any of that stuff. So our manager fought for that and our label was... 6,000 miles away in London and couldn't really control us. So bingo, we're producing our own record. And sports, and we knew we needed a hit single. 1982, that record was recorded. 
it was a radio world. There was no internet. Yeah. There was no jam bands. There was no FM radio was programmed. CHR, contemporary hit radio, was the only format that made a difference. If you didn't have a hit on CHR, you didn't exist. This was our third album, the last album of our contract. We had to have a hit record. And so, and that was the hardest thing for my band because my voice and, you know, and, and we hadn't really written a lot and all that sort of stuff. So with sports, we aimed every song right at radio and uh but we wanted them all to be different because we didn't know if it was going to be a rock song or or that was so we had you know walking on a thin line we had bad is bad and, also, and we knew we needed a hit we didn't know we were, we were going to have five of them you know but we knew we needed one and now when i listen to that record or look at that record it sounds like a record of its time yeah a collection of singles yeah it and, really does and it sounds like a best of that, album. that was what was going on more bands should try to make every song a hit don't you agree? <laughs> not, not it sounds like such a, an easy formula. <laughs> I, 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 not necessarily, no. I, 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 don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I, really? There's a lot of songs that aren't hits that are fantastic. Name one. <laughs> well, my, my, I can't even think of one. I, I can think of several. He's just goofing around. <laughs> um, sports, uh, I, I remember, uh, I think I watched your Behind the Music, and you were talking about how you guys produce yourself. And and you had sort of a production style that you was very unique to you guys. I thought that you then felt like everyone on the radio sort of copied. I, I never said that. I don't think. But we did you think it, though? Did you think it? Uh, I, 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 I thought we moved the ball forward a little bit. I mean, our my thing there when we were, we were making a record and um, and we had this tune want a new drug. Which went bunk, gunk, 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 right? And Sorry, I said, a little bit. And and we were recording at the record plant, and we cut the song. And I, and next door was uh, the Austrian producer Peter Wolf was oh, yeah. was assisting Ron, uh, Ron Nevison with a Jefferson Starship record, I guess, or Starship. And they were in. Peter Wolf was one of the first guys to use some claviers and, and all the machines, and they had a gunk, 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 that would be so cool on one new drug to sequence that thing. So I said to I said to um, uh, Peter, I said Peter, uh, on a break, I said, can you show me how to? He said, no problem. So he came in and hooked up our Lindrum, and uh, and we did we cut that. So sports was cut to a machines a lot of it. It's actually cut and paste. It's not a bar band record mm. at all. Although we've made. We have since then captured records as complete performances, but that record wasn't like that at all. That record was, was most of the bass then programmed on. Yeah, the dun, 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 is sequenced, right? right. Sequenced. Wow. And then we overdubbed cymbals. Yeah, and 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 uh, Tom Tom fills and and everything else. But it, and that song, "Want a Thin Walking on a Thin Line," is sequenced. Yeah, right. It starts like that. Bad is bad. Goes dish, dish. Uh, so yeah. it goes from Lindrum, which was brand new in 1982. Lindrum, we'd, I'd heard about it because we heard, you know, we, we worshipped the studio cats and Toto were the cats. I mean, you know, Jeff, Toto, who made uh, Michael Jeff, Jackson's Thriller, right? Yeah, Jeff Carroll, yeah. man. I mean, he was the man. And and we, and we heard that this guy, Roger Lynn, had Jeff Carroll's drums in a box. Hmm. I said, what? He's got his drums in a, it's a chip. I said, what's a chip? No, it's a box. It's a Lindrum. And so that's what we, uh, so we got to get us one of those. And that's what we did. And we, so 
bad is bad is interesting that way. It's, it's a prime example of, of our of our theory, which is the new and the old yeah. at once. The the bar band R and B structures with, with this the new technology. New sound. Exactly. Yeah. And Jimmy, describe when sports comes out. What is what is that like for you? When Huey and I recorded sports, <laughs> we were uh, at odds a little bit over some of the tracks. I, <laughs> I know it's funny. I feel like oats. Uh, <laughs> he was making it, and I was listening to it. But you you are. Huey Lewis is number one fan. I so have you, to be right. I yeah. mean, you know, there's there, there's only maybe there's oh, here we go two people on the planet who know our music as well as Jimmy Kimmel. Who's uh -huh. the other one? My uh, cousin Sal. Well, yeah. well, so, okay, so, well, so, <laughs> so three accepting Sal. Okay, there's who's two who? other people? One is the producer of our new musical, Harder Rock and Roll. Okay, Tyler Mitchell. Does he have a show? No. I mean, like a talk show? No. Okay. He is removed from this conversation. Yes. Who else do I get? He's a distant there's, second. There's a there's a there's a Uber fan called Don who lives in Ohio. Don who, who wants to go head to head with you, Jimmy? Oh, really? Me yeah. and Don in Ohio. He, he says, and he's he's a he's a funny guy. Yeah, but then if he loses, he kills himself, and then I'm the guy who killed That's Don right. from but Ohio. But if he wins, exactly. can he have your talk show? <laughs> yes, he can. We've got to get Don on the show. We got to get Don on this. everybody. <laughs> got to get Don out of Ohio for the first time. Well, um, yes. No, I was. Uh, I was working at Miller's Outpost in Las Vegas. Wow. Clothing store. They had the clothing store that, Levi's. that had Levi's. It had a, a basically yeah. sold Levi's, and, and you'd go into it, and they would fit you into whatever Levi's That's made right. you We would about. fit you into Levi's, but none of us really knew how to fit you into of Levi's. Not. Of but course. also, Levi's are already made. Well, how they were you? shrink to fit. So. Right. right. The idea of this shrink to fit, like if you were to get in the washing machine and dryer with the Levi's, maybe they would yes. shrink. To Otherwise, you. they're just going to shrink. Yeah. But I would just say people and people go, oh, so how much are these going to shrink? And I'm like, how, how are they fitting? And like, yeah, they're uh, a little tight. I'd be like, yeah, they won't shrink that much. <laughs> no clue. We just wanted to get them out of the store. Right. Yeah. So I was working there, um, listening to the radio like a maniac. I mean, I was really, really into radio. And Could you play the radio in the store? Yeah, the Radio was playing in the store. I had a favorite radio station, KYRK in Las Vegas. I listened to it at all times. And um, and I, you know, I, I bought the cassette when it came out and I just listened to it a, a million times. And so to me, like when most of those songs were hits, I already knew them well already. You know, yeah. they were hits in my car all before that. And um, and I, you know, I love to sing along with with Huey's songs. We are kind of in the same vocal range. range yep and years later uh my cousin i was on i was doing football picks on nfl sunday on fox sports and i i, I had the week off and huey was doing a show up in northern california and i said i said sal let's go let's you know let's go up there and go to the show and i don't know maybe if we call them they'll we can we can have a meet and greet <laughs> you know so we go up there and they said yeah sure or whatever and we go up and after the show huey comes out and he's eating a sausage some big italian beef sausage and his <laughs> breath smells like garlic and uh and he goes what are you guys doing up here and we said uh hey we're, we we came up to see you he goes no really what are you guys doing up here I was like, uh, we came to see you he's like oh uh, all right I drove from la to come to see this show yeah yeah we yep. did i said you gotta be kidding me yeah we did and uh we were very excited on the way home we called my parents from the car to tell you them you talked to huey lewis yeah we wow. met huey lewis and were they proud of you 
they were happy for us for okay. sure. Yeah, wow. yeah. And, and by the way, by the way, since that time, Jimmy actually knows more. More probably probably could more knows more lyrics. If we were just to recite lyrics of songs, yeah. Now from memory than I do. Well, there's not a not probably. We had a contest on yeah, the show, and I beat you ten to nothing. Wow, <laughs> wow. That's that's humiliating. So Jimmy could go on tour with you and just sit on the in the front of the stage and prompt you. Prompt me. For, We've yeah. been thinking of starting a reality. I want a new line. A show called America's Next Top Huey Lewis. And um, I feel like I could you win You would it. be the only contestant. Yeah. It'd be like oh, yeah. that in excess reality no, show. Yeah, really. Right. Yeah. Him and Don would be the only contestant. That's yeah, right, you Don and Don. Ohio That's right. going down. So, and then, so MTV is just starting around the time oh, that yes. sports comes out. So what is that like, you know, just seeing? Uh, for me, we didn't have cable, so that was, but we had a local channel in Las Vegas called V21. It was a UHF station. And so that was like, if you were poor, that was your version of MTV. So that's really where I watched a lot of these, these videos. And I think... My favorite of the videos is probably If This Is It. Yes, yeah. classic on the beach. And Adam, you were saying that that yeah, was. Yeah, you shot that in Santa Cruz, which is where I grew up. And so you guys coming to Santa Cruz at the height, because that's like the, the Dream third. Dream Hotel, or, right? What was the name of the, the Dream Inn. Yeah, yeah, Dream Inn. It's still there. But the third or fourth single. So you guys were the band, and you guys coming to Santa Cruz was the biggest deal. My stepsister is uh, an extra in the background of the shot where the 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 guy's heads are in the sand. Right. She's sitting right right behind you. And that was, I can't even tell you what. It, and then you threw, played the game on the boardwalk. You threw the ball through right. the teeth of the guys. Big, big deal. And I missed it. I wasn't able to go down. You arguing with your girlfriend that's on right. the phone. And, oh, yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, we, we you know, we had that. That was our video. We. You know, we uh, we had videos. Uh, this, it's kind of the, the story is, do you believe in love was our first professional video? Uh -huh. And we made these two videos before that helped us get a record deal that because there was an outfit called Video West in San Francisco run by a gal called Kim Dempster. And there was this videotape just been invented. This was right. 78. Right. Just been invented. And they said and they, she said and they had a channel called Video West that would show show videos at one o'clock in the morning. She said, look, we'll make a video of you guys, and you can have it if we can show it on our show twice. I said, great. So I had... I schemed these two videos for some of my lies are true and don't ever tell me that you love me. And if you ask me, they're the best videos we ever made. I've uh, never seen those videos. Oh, it's, they're fantastic. Really? Some, on YouTube? Some of my lies, some, yeah, I don't know, I don't, somewhere. Some of my lies are true is, is hilarious. It's We did it on a sewage pier out in the middle of the o, uh, ocean beach. And we're dressed in suits and stuff uh -huh. in the middle. Of, you guys I, were big with suits what, on the beach. What, what I did is like, <laughs> it's, it's true. true. Your one so idea. True. Well, you know what I did? I swiped all this from, I once saw James Brown on Hullabaloo. And there, there were all these people on the, there, the beach in a swimming pool, and everybody was in bathing suits and stuff. And here's James Brown going, dancing amongst the, by the, it was just so incongruous. I thought, that is cool. So was your pitch for the Power of Love video, like, what if we were on the beach and we were wearing suits? <laughs> well, <laughs> like, oh, we've already done it twice. Come on. But anyway, but anyway so our first professional video was, uh, was uh, Do You Believe in Love? Yeah. And the, the label thought it was going to be a hit, and they wanted to have a video. So they said, we're going to hire a real really top-notch advertising guy. And this guy, the backdrop was all pastels, you know, like uh, uh, he 
this torn pastel kind of look and then they matched our clothes to the pastels and yeah. we had you know a lot of makeup on yeah and this is the one when we're singing in the bed we're six of us in the bed sick and we, we do we shoot it all day and now a week later we go to see the rough cut and and come to the label see the rough cut there's like 10 people from the record business uh, 10 people from the record label 10 people from the video company and 10 people say from my uh, our band and a few people so there's like 30 people they say okay here it is remember it's just a rough cut it's we haven't colorized it yet it's going to look a lot better and all this stuff no problem boom they shut the lights off they show the video my heart sank it was horrible there was there was no direction there was no story <laughs> you look like a hostage in that video what is this guy doing what is his purpose it, what he's freaking wandering through the thing singing into the air it's definitely it, for a 2020 is, it's it's a little trouble because it's a group of like eight guys standing around a bed looking at a woman that? asleep exactly. asking her if she believes in love exactly. I mean, it's, it's a horrible video right and it's, yeah and how do you answer that song. question too yeah. in that situation like, yes, get out of my room I, please yeah, uh, no is no <laughs> the answer <laughs> so what so, will make you leave but as soon as the song is over the video's over and i'm i'm heartbroken yeah. i think oh god this is horrible boom video ends tumultuous applause wow everybody loved it and i, and I remember thinking well clearly Anybody can do this. Yeah. We're going to do our own videos from now on. And did so, you? So did you direct the videos? Yeah, all, well, no, we got a, a guy, a friend. Oh, a, we, a friend. Yeah, we, you we were. They were your ideas. Yeah, and, I mean, it was, okay. it was a group thing. Yeah, and we, it, all of our videos from now on have been always. If you're listening to this and you haven't seen the if this is video, watch you it. should look it up and watch it because it is incredible. I mean, the fat family being eaten by a shark How at about the, the end. Shark? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And Mario with a cigarette. Yeah, lots right. of, the lots of gas. The snake skin. You bury the band up to their necks. It was <laughs> good, right? Everyone we're, other than you is buried up to yeah, their necks. Yeah, were they okay and, with that? That's like a fear of mine. That's a really fun, great point. What's funny about that, what's really funny about that, is that they were miserable. Oh, I and they can were, imagine. They were... <laughs> I can I And had to bob their heads back and forth. Almost as bad as doing it all for my baby. When we had them in the in the monster, I put them in the in the you know the high, uh, formaldehyde yeah. jars, all the and then we had the horn section hanging from the <laughs> thing, and I'll never forget it. We had Tower of Power, they put up trusses on them. And they're they're hanging him against the thing. And I'm looking at him. They're miserable. They are they're they're having such a terrible time. And is there any sort of resentment to you because you don't have to do this stuff? Or no, yeah, you know we're musicians, right? We, we think well, show business. Sure, we'll do it. We're, yeah, okay, whatever. And then you're in that situation and you wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> um, since we're on the sports album, there's one question I've always wanted to ask you. Uh, the the heart of rock and roll, it really really kicks him in the in the what, in the ass. Oh, write it down. That makes sense. Write it down. That makes sense. You, it could have been any body part, really. Really, yeah. Shin, shin. Yeah. I well, think no, he, it had to rhyme with. Really, what really is it? Rhyme with the other one. Cash. Cash. Ass really? doesn't. Not cash. Makes a lot no. of 
What is it? Thanks goes, a lot. <laughs> I have to start from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, go. Okay, go ahead, Jimmy. Let's. <laughs> I can't remember. Either. New York it kicks him in the. Uh, 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 uh. It doesn't really rhyme. It's not LA like a rhyme line. Jimmy, something we wanted to see. Neon lights, lights uh, pretty, 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 pretty great. Flash, 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 oh, flash. Oh, flash, flash, flash. They like it with a lot of, a lot of flash. flash. That's, right. Oh, That's right. right. That rhymes. Yeah. That's a imperfect rhyme. Yeah. Um, seems like you could have figured that one out on your own. I've yeah. never known. <laughs> I've always wondered. It's been close to 30 years at this point. Um, or over 30 years. Sal, my years. cousin Sal and I had a long-standing and occasionally violent argument over one of the lines in your song in If This Is It. You'd say anything to a butterfly. He thought it was you'd say anything to a, <laughs> to butterfly. a butterfly. It's to avoid a fight, but uh, we, he would not accept that. It was to a butterfly. Oh, Sal was on the <laughs> I was like, Sal, how does that make any sense? You'd say anything to a butterfly. It's but. poetic. <laughs> I think it's gorgeous either way. <laughs> so then uh, uh, the sports sports comes out. It's a huge, huge hit. And then in 1984, is it your approach to do Back to the Future? Uh, probably 85. 85. It came out in 85, summer of 85. So, yeah, yeah beginning of 85, somewhere oh, around there. I thought it was 86, Power Love, wasn't it? 85, uh, 85 because okay. he travels from 85 to back to 55. All right, so 84. Um, uh yeah, 84. Someone, it, the director comes up to you? Steven Spielberg, Bob Zemeckis, Bob Gale, and Neil Canton, who produced, wrote, uh, produced, directed, and wrote the film, all of them. Uh, had a, We had a meeting in Amblin. Amblin was brand new. It was first first year they just yeah. started, Spielberg just started Amblin, and they had a meeting, and Zemeckis said, look, we've just written this film called uh, uh, Back to the Future. And the lead character is this guy called Marty McFly, whose favorite band would be Huey Lewis and the News. So we thought, how would you like to write a song for us? And I said, great, flattered, you know, but don't know how to write for film necessarily. And and honestly, I don't fancy writing a song called Back to the Future. Yeah. And they said, oh, we don't care what it's called. We just want one of your songs. Yeah. I said, Great, I'll go and the next thing we write, I'll send down to you. And and Power Love was the next thing we wrote. And that and and first of all, when you say you don't want to write a song called Back to the Future, is it because nothing rhymes with future? Kind of. And yeah. what would it be about? And you did write a song. You did called write Back in Time. Back in Time. Well, yeah. what happened was we <laughs> I hadn't seen the movie or anything or read the script or anything. So I sent Power Love. We'd written Power Love and I sent it down. And and so the way I remember it as that was it. Zemeckis remembers it differently. He remembers that he got the song and thought it wasn't, uh, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't up enough. It wasn't up enough. And I said, really? Power well, of love. Yeah, power of love. I wow. said, what? Well, and that's because the verse was in a mi- is in is in minor key. Okay. And and I said, and I guess we, I, I can't remember the chorus, what what we had, but I guess, and he claims that's when we put bam 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 bam, but uh-huh. that big major part to it, and then. Then they used it. Was it always keyboards there, or was it guitar yeah. okay. the, the, or horns? Stamps, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Did you ever think it was going to be horns? It's it was a like, horn Wah. patch, right? On, on the synthesizer, it's exactly. Right, right. You know, horn patch one A. Because the version Michael J. Fox plays at the talent show audition is our demo. It is. It's the demo with like him squealing over it, right? Squealing all over it, right? Wow, but. But that's good, the guitar playing the keyboard right. part, the, right? The, 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 it was our demo before we had the. Uh, it was a rough demo with yeah. 
right? You know, I don't ill mixed and all that. And that's the way they. Well, I it. thought I thought it was just too damn loud. <laughs> uh, so we, that must have been because you were approached a year or so before to maybe write something for Ghostbusters and had passed on that. Right. What was it about this that... Let me take this one for you, because Huey gets fined like $10,000 yeah. every time he talks about Oh, this. really? Because of, I, because of your court agreement with Ray Parker Jr., right? You're not, you're not supposed to talk about this. I am going to tell you a story that I heard from... Um, from just someone, some other source. No, from uh, no, I can tell you who I can tell you who okay. I heard it from the the director of the film. Uh, uh, she's Ivan uh, Reitman. Ivan Reitman. Ivan Reitman told me that, uh, and this is true. Ivan Reitman told told me the story because, of course, uh, I like Huey, and I asked him about it. He said that he wanted Huey to write a song for the movie, and. Huey said, "I, you know, I just did, uh, but I don't want to be like the movie anthem guy. You know, I, I, I thank you, but I'm going to pass. So he called Ray Parker Jr. and told him, do a song like Huey Lewis. <laughs> and so he just and Ray his- did indeed do a song like Huey Lewis. And that's what happened. And it's produced exactly like uh, Huey Lewis in the news record and has the same melody as, what is it? I want a new drug yeah. or? It's basically, know, I you, want can't, a new you drug. can't say anything. He has no comment. <laughs> <laughs> when we get, when the podcast is over, I'll tell you the whole long story. Yeah. Okay. It's Thank unbelievable. You. Oh man. It's I cannot wait. It's an unbelievable Hollywood story. Wow. And your man, Ivan Reitman has a lot to do with it. Wow. Yeah. And so this is a year or so later and you're like, this one sounds right. Let's do, let's, let's do power let's, of love. Let's um, do back and, to the future. And it's your, and it's your first number one hit. Right? Isn't yeah. it? Uh, oh, no, no, no. Not your first number one. It was or, a, but the thing Power Love did for us because of the film. I think uh, it was your first number it, it one. It might have been. Yeah. It oh, okay. might have been. So. It might have been. Yeah. But but what was interesting is that- I got scared. I backed off of it when, <laughs> when he kind of furrowed his brow at me. But okay. No, I think it been. was. It might have but, but it- um, what was interesting about about you know we'd had a bunch of hits beforehand, and, and actually Power Love was released nine weeks before the film came out. The, right. So when the film came out, the song was number one already, and that, which was smart. That was a great marketing. Mm-hmm. And Zemeckis to this day says best send off a film ever got. You yep. know, oh, number I... one song. Boom. Here's the film. You know, yeah. and, and, and all, all this stuff. But but uh, yeah, I was so excited for it because you were my favorite band, and. Then to have this movie coming out with one of my favorite actors, uh, and then the movie is so good. It is it is my favorite movie of yes. all time, I and think. And he wakes up at the beginning of the movie with a Huey Lewis in the News poster yes. above yes. his bed. Yeah. And that song is so good, and everything about it, and back in time, it's just... Uh, and then Huey's in it, which yes. was unexpected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. such a big I deal. I felt the same way. It it just was like such and, and, a magical time at the theater yeah, for me. And the and the and the film keeps getting bigger. If yes. you anything, it's maybe very- the greatest moment we ever had on my show was when uh, on that date uh, that uh, we had the uh, was a part of, of it. Twenty fifteen or seven, uh, thirty years after. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Tw- right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Years on that in date. New York. It just so happened we were doing our show in New York, and I thought about it like a year beforehand, and I 
I called Michael J. Fox and I said, will you do this in a year? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. He's, and a, he's a great guy. Great really. guy. One of the great guys. And, uh, and it's funny because people figured it out maybe like a couple of months before we did what we did on our show. And everyone started calling him, asking to, him to do it, do something. And he said, I, I can't do it. I'm already committed to something. And, and so what we was the, lucky. what was the bit? I didn't see it. I remember um, this. They re-entered the, uh, you, you should check it out. They, okay. uh, yeah. it's, I don't want to ruin the whole okay. thing. Okay, okay, I'll just check yeah. it out. Everyone check it but out. But it's the exact day. Is, was it October 15th, 2015? Yes, yes, I believe so. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, it, was fun to, it was fun to go. Yeah. yeah. Such a, I mean, such an amazing moment. Uh, I mean, you know, the nice thing about Power Love is now with the film, it was our first international hit. Oh, wow. So we now could tour. We went to Australia and Japan and all over, you know, Europe, the, even the. You know, Eastern Germany and all that sort of stuff. Because yeah. and without power, love, we that might not have been. Is possible. it crazy to go to Japan and the audience is singing along with Power of Love? Yeah, perfect song, perfect <laughs> movie. Must um, be amazing must to be a part an, of something like yeah, that. Yeah, an incredible time in Huey Lewis in the news. Well, you're sweet. You're sweet. It's really weird because yeah, that was a perfect song, perfect time, perfect movie, kind of the perfect year in American history. Yeah. Um, 1985. The 49ers are part of like Huey's world yeah. and they're like the greatest team with Joe the Montana. best quarterback. You, and you write like, Slammin' for them? Yeah, we did. We The worst thing we did with that was Slammin' is we called it Slammin'. Right. Because I couldn't have a title for it. You know, right. it was just an instrumental. We wanted an instrumental for the band. We did. And what we should have called it was 49er Highlights. Oh. For many years, that was my uh, radio morning radio show theme song. Was like, it? that's how I'd open the show every day with that. I talk over that or cool. over that song cool. on k-rock was that you could no, just do that before k-rock yeah oh. you just take an nfl's or a, any song you wanted and use it as your uh, well on yeah i mean yeah, it was, radio, i was on the radio sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um huey we uh you also have acted a lot we saw your penis in the movie shortcuts <laughs> did you ever ask them to change the title of the movie or <laughs> giant dick cuts Very good. <laughs> enormous cuts yeah. i don't know i would have like lobbied Robert Altman for something like that. <laughs> Thick cuts. I tell you, it was a great experience. So, well, the best part about that whole thing was that when we, you know, Bob Altman was a music fan. He really was a real music fan, and so, and that's how I got the part. And, uh, uh, and so, we, we we filmed our bit in, at the Kern River in Bakersfield, and he was in Santa Monica. He said, "Look, come with me." I said, "Great." So, I rode shotgun as he drove. All the like way up three there? hours to Kern River. And he gave me a complete tutorial, acting tutorial. Wow. He told me the whole thing. Really? When he, when he wasn't bashing Woody Allen. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what did he not like about Woody Allen? The the, the, the usual stuff? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the, the thing that happened with uh, uh, Suri Pagar. Why? What happened? Suri. <laughs> Suri. <laughs> Something yeah. happened? Something happened. <laughs> yeah. What, what, um, what was the tutorial? Like, what lessons did he give you about acting? Well, oh, well, he said, uh, first of all, you know, you need to find your character. So in order to do that, you read, he told me, read the script every day. And, and you and he explained how you have to know everybody's lines because you have to react. Uh, he says the hardest part of acting is reacting. It's not, it's not saying your lines. It's under, it, it's when someone says your father's dead, 
you know they're going to say it, but you got to but you got to react like you don't know they're going to yeah. say it. So learn everybody's lines, read the script, and create a story for your character, and with all, as much research as you can, till you know your character cold. Just take all kinds of suggestions, listen to everybody, read the script till you know your character cold. And when you know your character cold, don't listen to anybody. Mm. That's great. <laughs> is that good advice, Adam? Do you, I is have that no idea. similar to know. what you do? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. recognize any of this. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't know. Nope. What, what you, would Adam know about any of this? <laughs> no, no clue. But uh, what you, do you think, Adam? Seriously. Uh, well, Robert Altman was, was one of the great directors for sure. So I think anything he has here. to say, yeah, anything he has to say is. Uh, is uh is great but you got to do you got to work with lily tomlin and buck henry yeah and oh uh, man buck henry was... and i were and when fred ward were together fred for ward. three days and buck henry was fantastic man yeah. what a great guy did and you keep funny. up with him I, he just passed away uh yeah, you know I like know. a week ago or so ago. i i a little bit. He sent me harmonica stuff. We actually stayed a little bit in touch. <laughs> he was a fantastic guy. That was a really um, amazing experience for all the all the talent there, you know. And and, uh, and 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 Altman was amazing in a scene. You know, we'd have like there'd be ten or twelve people in a scene. Yeah. And he could he'd show up, and in in. Ten minutes, he'd block that scene, and the camera, and boom, and he'd say, "You do this, and you do this," and, and he would just direct these people like unbelievable. His blocking was unbelievable, and then he lavalier mic'd everybody, and he didn't want you know line, line, line. He didn't want that. A lot of overlapping he, he, dialogue. He, yeah, he wanted you to, and he'd give you business. He'd put his arm around, and say, "Look, you're the fisherman. You know about the fishing and the and the and the flies. Okay, that's and and these guys want to know what kind of flies we're going to be using. But he says, now, Fred, you're 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 driving the car, so you're worried about where the gas station's going to be, and you got a this, that, and blah blah. And they say, Buck, you're worried about. He gives these. Now you guys just do that. And then while he shoots a whole nut beyond us, you hear us, and you're looking at Lily Tomlin right. driving up in a long thing. And then, then, but I mean, his stuff was so dense and so complex and yeah. so wonderful. There's never been a guy like that. It actually makes sense with what he was telling you about acting because his, it seemed just from what I've heard, it sounds like with actors, he gets them all ready and, and like you said, like tells you everything and then just kind of lets you That's go it. And, and just shoots it. And he didn't really care that you hit the lines perfectly right. or any of that stuff. Right. He put his arm around you right before the, every take and he'd tell you where you're coming from yep. and where you're going and then you say go wow it's that's great, great. It's really how good. fun what a amazing what fun man I, bet. I don't know if i like the putting the arms around me thing <laughs> i'd probably be like yeah, look robert every take we're gonna do this um and you guys speaking of fishing you guys go fishing together right yeah we do yeah a lot yeah. we love to fish yeah huey got me into fly fishing and uh we talked about it during a commercial break i said what do you do up in montana he said well i i play a little bit of golf i uh i hunt some ducks and i go fly fishing and I said, that is something I would love to try. And he said, come up. And I said, all right, are you serious? He said, yeah. And so I brought, I went up with my brother and my buddy Cleto, my cousin Sal. We, like eight of us invaded his house. And uh, we do it a couple times a year. Wow. Are, are you guys good at it? Huey's great at it. I'm, uh, I'm average. Good. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel's a very good fisherman. Wow. A lot of people, you know, fishing, fly fishing is a funny thing. It's very romantic. Everybody wants to, oh, I'd like to do. And some people just want to say, yep, I did it. Yeah. But it's a process. It's it, hard. And, and 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 some of us really love it. And, and Jimmy loves it. And he's really a good fisherman. I do. I love it. 
Do you or can you take your phone out there and check it during it? No, there is no no cell service on the yeah, river, which I'm is out. one of the things I love about it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's a perfect thing for show business people, right? Because you're out there all by yourself with Mother Nature. Yeah. What could be better? Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about the new record and kind of what's been going on with you. Oh, um, okay. So <laughs> the new uh, Huey Lewis in the news new album Weather. Which uh, is, uh, I can only imagine a play on the sports album, uh, the title of it, uh, Weather right, being... exactly. Right. Uh, that's 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 a, such a good guess, and you're correct. I, oh, I am correct. <laughs> I took a stab. And you're so stupid, so it's weird. That- I'm really stupid, so it's hard for me to put the pieces together <laughs> right. sometimes, but I, I got that it one. It connected. That's great. So... The, the, so you, you guys really need to work on your rapport. That's <laughs> right. Thank you. You're right. <laughs> so... Tell us what's been going on with you uh, a, a few years back. I, I don't know how to pronounce the uh, the disease, so I Meniere's. I want Meniere's. Meniere's. Oh, okay. So it's uh, w- w- how exactly did that come about? Because I was surprised to learn. I will set this up a little bit that that you could not hear in one year since the since I'm thirty three. So late eighties, uh, 30, thirty six years, thirty thirty five years ago. Right. So just at, at a certain point, one year, which year? The the My right, right ear. Just you could not hear. I woke it. up. It was stuffed, and I couldn't. It felt like you went swimming in a swimming pool and couldn't clear your ear, and I couldn't hear out of it. I went to the ENT guy, this famous ENT guy, and he looked at me. He said, "Get used to it." I said, "What?" He says, "Get used to it. It's, it happens." I said, they say it. It happens when you um you go to the beach in a suit. Uh-huh. It causes <laughs> just something the about the sea air. See? Yeah. See? Um, and but sorry, I just wanted to ask. Um, and you, so you were you, you had these giant tours to do and records to record, and but you were able to. It, what, it, it was just one year, so you were able to do all of that. Well, uh, I went to the ENT guy. He says, "Get used to it." I said, "Well, geez, I'm a musician. I need to I sing and you know it's my livelihood." And he said, "Hey, Brian Wilson had one ear." Jimi Hendrix had one ear. He says, I have one ear and I'm in a barbershop quartet. Wow. <laughs> Are they, were they any good? Did you the, what, hear the barbershop yeah. quartet? I'm not sure. <laughs> they all had a little one out ear. of tune. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, Hitler only had one ball. So <laughs> that's true. That's, you know, people, you adjust. Um, people can accomplish all sorts of things. <laughs> so, but, but and, just. And look, look how he, well, he did. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so then describe what happened with the Meniere's uh, thing. Well, then, um, then I, I existed on one ear. Meniere's is mainly associated with vertigo. Vertigo is the major symptom, and it's completely debilitating. When you get it, you, you can't, you got to just lie down and throw up, and you're just nauseous. It's Ugh. awful. So I had a few bouts of those, but I haven't had vertigo for a long time. But two years ago, two years in a month, January 27, 2018, I lost my right ear before a gig. And, um, and now it's it although I mean start left ear before a gig, and now it's fluctuating, but it's mostly bad, and, you know. And I can't hear music because music is music is a lot harder to listen to than speech because it occurs in all frequencies. Even even one note has harmonics and overtones, so it it distorts for me. It sounds and it sounds like cacophony. So you can't even listen. To music. I haven't, listen, haven't listened to music in two years. Oh, my God. I can't enjoy music. So Car- Cardi Jesus. B, you uh, don't know who Cardi B is. <laughs> I, know, I know the name. You know the name. Okay, well, that's good. I haven't heard the, the music, though. Um, so so it, it became impossible for you to sing during concerts. 
I haven't worked in since that day, right. January 27th. Did you play that gig? I played that gig. It was yeah. a nightmare. I was couldn't hear pitch. was all over the place. Oh, man. It's the worst worst night of my life. Sorry. And and the the new record Weather though, it was recorded right before this happened. Uh, for the long, vocals for the last 10 years before this happened. Oh, okay. The the uh, her love is killing me which is our first single was written by Chris and I 20 years ago. Wow. And we wow. couldn't couldn't somehow get it right. We tried it and it didn't work. We, then we tried it live. It didn't work. Then we tried using a, a drum machine for half of the song and then busting out with a band. And that didn't work. We let it dorm. We left it alone. And then we resurrected it like three years ago and it just came together. With and a I, different horn part, I think uh, I, I read. Your, I think that what's interesting about, about that one is that it's a very simple song, just a blues song, basically. And the the simplest tunes are the hardest ones to actually get right because it's all about the feel and the, and the tempo and 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 that sort of stuff, not the chords. And the chords don't help you. So you know, you, right? Uh, and I maybe that's it. Let's hear a little bit of it because it, it is. It, it just came out last Friday. Oh, I, and I, it, play play the whole thing. Play the whole. Oh, great! I mean, it is classic. And there's an all star video too that you guys premiered on the show. Yeah, that's right. Just a classic Huey Lewis in the news record. So good, so amazing. I mean, if that if that came out in the '80s on sports, that would be another hit single, don't you think? Uh, um, Sure. And would you guys agree (laughs) to that? There are few things more uncomfortable than sitting there and listening to a song with the person who recorded the yeah. song. I was enjoying it because you were sort of, you were like mouthing the words and so you were. He was, was trying to make it easier for us. Oh, it was, okay. it was a little uncomfortable for me too. Yeah. I was like, I can't look up. Huey Lewis is actually right here. I cannot look up and, and see him. Um, I think While We're Young is another high point. I yeah, really I love, that, love that song. I agree. I it, love that song. It felt like new ground for you guys. I agree. It's, it's really. It 
my day, that was a hit. It's a well, dreamy yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. It's a great. It's a great record. It's set, uh, seven tracks because those were the only tracks that you were able to. Well, no, uh, Kanye only had seven on his. Yeah, on, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're just uh, following in the footsteps. Following Kanye. Yeah, um, and, and it's out now. It's amazing, and you, it, it's unfortunate. Do you think you will ever be able to do a show again? We don't know. Don't know. I mean, uh, that's the that's my hope. Yeah, and I do fluctuate, and I I I call it one to ten. If ten was what I was before this happened, the highest I've been is a six. And when I'm a six, I'm pretty good. I'm a three today. When I'm a six, I'm pretty good. And with my hearing aids, life is good, great. Life is almost the same. I can yeah. have conversation also, and I think I can probably sing again. But I haven't been able to be a six long enough. Every I've tried to book a rehearsal. I'm six. Oh, good. Let's book a rehearsal and try. And then my hearing crashes. Hmm. That's yeah. happened three times already. So, And if you're a six in Montana, you're a three out here in Los See? Angeles. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, Well, we, we I, I, look, I would love, I've, I've never been able to see you live. I, uh, I, you know, when I was 14, I really wanted to go when you were out here in Los Angeles. My mom would not let me go see a concert. <laughs> and so I made my friend who was going buy me a T-shirt. And and he brought back the T-shirt That's and I wore sweet. it. Yeah, but uh, I, I you know I really hope that you uh, can do it at some point. I mean, you've given uh, the, do it the world, for Scott. Do it for me. Yeah, yeah. The, you've given the world so much. I, I hope so too. I hope so too. I saw you guys when I was twelve. Uh, I made my mom get tickets. You guys were playing the Paso Robles County I Fair. I remember it. You remember that game? Yeah, let's see. We played it twice. Did we, did we have a percussionist with us? Man, I don't remember, but I remember you opened with Power of Love because it was the number one song. We opened with you Power opened of Love? opened with Power of Love. Are you sure about that? Do you think Well, I, that's when we we got there. You guys were playing Power of Love. Okay. And it was during the day. So I remember there was dry ice or smoke on stage, and it was during the day. And we- Are you sure you didn't get there for the last song? <laughs> you guys were Maybe late. we got there <laughs> we have an late. opening act? Was there an opening act? Or you I wasn't that? there in time okay. for that. Because we were did driving we do, from we Santa Cruz. Did we do an intermission and then do another show? Another show? Because we Maybe. played Pastor Robles twice. You played it twice in the same day? No, no. Two times. Oh, two times. Did they what? have corn dogs? There were corn dogs. There were <laughs> corn dogs. How do you know all these details, Huey? <laughs> like not, you you remember really everyone's name. No, I don't. Well, you've mentioned all these names of people that I would like. I would, if I had worked with them a year ago, I, I would thinking, not be able. To. I was thinking the same. Yeah, thing. Yeah, the guy that adjusted the mic at We Are the World. The woman. <laughs> yeah, well, that guy's famous, but the <laughs> woman who owned Video West. <laughs> yes. How do you know? Yeah, because I used to have a memory, and I remember all those things. I what's What's just, Don from Ohio's last name? I no. Ah, there we go. Yeah, you, you think I win that one? Yeah, I know it too. I know it really well. But I Reynolds, yeah. isn't it sad that he knows everything about you and you don't know Don's last name? Sorry, Don. Horrible. He's probably Don, changed Don, it to Lewis. Don, I apologize. Don's <laughs> probably seen. I'm maybe more shows than anybody. Really, hundred maybe. Wow, <laughs> Jimmy, what does what does Huey Lewis mean to you? Um, well, uh, a couple of things. I mean, first of all, he's a good, good friend of mine. He has, he is my, when it comes to fly fishing, which is probably my favorite thing to do, I consider him to be my mentor yeah. and we, it's hard to explain, but there's a certain kind of, of fly fishing called dry fly fishing that Huey, 
uh, you're wearing a condom <laughs> rightly uh, teaches to his students in this case being me and my brother and my cousin and um, it's almost snobby it's it's it a bit snobby. of snobbery that uh, I now insist on from anyone I go fly fishing with so and great. we uh, the guides are always confused and I think they some part of them admires us because it's harder to catch the fish that way and um, it's not necessarily ideal for all situations. But what it's, is, more, it's more fun because you get to see it. But it's more fun. You get to see it happen. What does that mean? What is dry I, yeah, fly fishing? The fly floats on top of the water. Oh, I see. And, and, the, the, and the fish, fish comes come to up. it. Yeah, and yeah, you get yeah, to yeah. see it. If sure. you're underneath the water, you oh, got one. Sure. Yeah. Right. Not as There's fun. no show. So you get to see the fish, like, kind of poke his head up. And look at it and decide whether he's going to well, eat it. And then him, you see him first. Little, you right. see him when rise. you see him. He's he's decided he's going <laughs> right. to go after it. Yeah. Right. They come up in a hurry. Wow. Yeah. And then you get them. Then you have the fish, and the fish is like, ah, oh, fuck you. Right? <laughs> Doesn't that usually? <laughs> yeah. Is there a moment That's right exactly, there where he feels that betrayed? Is exactly and, what the fish yeah. is saying. Yeah. Like imagine you sat down to have some uh, have an ear of corn, and then you started eating the corn, and suddenly there was a hook in the corn, and, and you went giant. through the roof of your <laughs> home. It would, it would suck. <laughs> yeah, it would suck. <laughs> Probably. But then the giant who who lured you with the corn then kind of rubs you a little bit and goes, oh, I'm sorry. All right, buddy. Here, let me just take a quick picture with you. Yeah. And and uh, then I'm going to release you back into your living room. He just drops you into your house. You could have just asked. I would have taken the picture with you. Um, but uh, in terms of him not as a friend. What, but on what top does? of that, you know, they say, oh, never meet your idols. And uh, I've been very fortunate, especially with Huey, in that regard. But I think um, what his like music from my youth represents is my youth and this time in your life when you are a sponge, really. You absorb things and you, you live the rest of your life loving those things that you loved when you're a teenager above all things, you know, and, and you learn so much and you take so much in. And for me, it reminds me of like having my first car and like driving around with my friends, that freedom yeah. and, um, and playing the music that we wanted to hear rather than what my dad or mom were playing in the car. If we even had a freaking radio in our car. <laughs> and, um, and that's really what I think uh, it represents to me. It's amazing. Jimmy, so many other questions I could ask you about non-Huey Lewis related things. I do. I did want to fit one in. Oh. Uh, I was watching the Oscars and I saw those commercials you did with the Eyewitness News team. You yeah, the actually, local. You weren't actually in the same room with them, were you? Well, yes, we were. You yeah. were? Yeah. You didn't green screen that? No. There was a green screen behind us, which All maybe right. made it look a little bit artificial. But I couldn't believe yeah, it. Yeah, we were together. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. It's it's remarkable. Yeah, how did they came all the way from Burbank? Oh, they came to you. Oh, yeah. okay. I understand. <laughs> um all right. we got that settled. <laughs> I just I, I wanted to know. I was watching going, there's no way that Jimmy Dane's to know, be in the same room as one of the news anchors is uh, Michelle Tuzzi and Mark Brown is the other, and they're very nice people. And Dallas Reigns is the other guy. Right. He's Super nice guy. But Michelle Tuzzi for Christmas every year sends me this giant sausage called a Gropperwurst that her husband's family makes back Ooh. in like Wisconsin or something. <laughs> and it is just a huge tube of meat that I get from our friendly local news anchor mm. every Christmas time. What's the deal with that Dallas Reigns with his like 
kind of like point flat hand fist thing that he does when he goes, the weather tonight. Dallas Reigns is very tan. He's very tan um, because <laughs> you know what? He's out in the weather. He's not just reporting the weather. He's, he's out like, in He's it. absorbing, absorbing it. the weather. <laughs> I love Dallas Reigns. He's yes. really a genuinely great guy. And um, yeah, I love that kind of stuff. I don't know. I love that. He's, like, he's, switch, he's been switching it up lately where he's been doing like a different kind of uh, thing. A different kind of fist point motion. Yeah. Does yes. he have to keep it fresh for himself, do you think? I or? think he keeps it fresh, not just for himself, but for all of Los Angeles. Right. He also has the segment Keeping It Fresh with Dallas. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, guys, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. This is yeah, uh, this uh, an great. incredible treat. Yeah, thanks for having us. You yeah, know, thanks, thanks for having me. I feel like we made this plan uh, in like um, a year and a half ago. Yeah, or so, yeah, yeah, it, was it, was a, ago. it was a long, yeah. well, we've been wanting to do this episode. We were going to do it without you, Huey, yeah. uh, with just the three of us. Might have been better, actually. Uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> think so. But we were just going to talk about uh, uh, how much we liked your music, and then Jimmy said, oh, oh, you know what? You know, I think Huey can actually well, come bring to this. Huey, yes. Yeah, it's, so. it's taken are, long yeah. enough that in and the interim, that- Jimmy has given me a a harp for my birthday last year. Wow. So yeah. it's already really very special to me. But I'm hoping that maybe you'll sign it for Ooh, me as well, sure. Huey. Wow. And um, feel the weight on we that can do thing, it after. Huey. Also, oh, it's a, a nice one. Is that a special 20, I think? That's right? a Danik- oh, wow. Daniker uh, redid that one. Yeah. Oh, that is a Daniker redid that. Yeah. You sent it to him. No, I didn't send it to him. He he does special rebuilds of uh, kind of classic harmonicas. And you got this from Daniker, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's mm, sure. really I'm happy nice. to sign it. There. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Huey is signing uh, this. Uh, arguably, could have done been done after the show. Yeah, but this, but, is, uh, this is a. Uh, this is how we're. No, it needed to be done right. That's right. <laughs> this is how we're taking it thank out. You, I guess. Huey. Adam, anything else you want to say? Just thank you for coming on, you guys. It's very special. Oh, it was fun. Uh, Thanks for having us. To have you. All right, we're gonna we're gonna. This is the end of the episode. We're gonna take it out with a little of if this is it. Thanks to Jimmy Kimmel. Thanks to Huey Lewis, and we sincerely hope that you have found what you are looking for! Bye! Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.